we explored yesterday the different sugyas which which discuss 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 MS discuss um, discuss the areas where it seems to be that the middle of MS is um, deprioritized and other middles come to the fore the the Gemara's we quoted were the Gemara in Bava Metziah that it gives us three options and even the Talmud Chochem can alter his words and those are Puriya Mesechta or in order Mesechta, Puriya and Ushpiza um, we saw the the Gemara in Ksubis of the Machlokes Beisham Beis Hillel in regard to Ketzad Merak Mifna Kalo the Beisham hold Kala Kamoshian Beis Hillel hold Kala Noah V'Chasuda but both Beisham and Beis Hillel agree that if a person takes a Mekachara if he makes a bad purchase in the Shuk so you should definitely Yishab Chena Be'enov Mikan Omu Chachomim Lo'olam Yedaito Shil Adom the person's dance should be connected to the people around him which the suggestion is in order for a person to connect to the people around him he has to forego emes he has to he has to sacrifice emes because emes doesn't allow us to take into consideration a person's subjective view of the world because emes is an objective thing it's an absolute emes is echot correct does it all sound vaguely familiar? Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to go one step further and just explore this idea of how even though we have this middle of MS and we're looking upon the tongue and this is very important because hopefully we'll be able to, to come to new realizations because of it we've defined the tongue as a revealer it's the koyach, it's the limb that allows the things which are hidden to become revealed and hence the tongue is the key which allows MS to occur because what MS is represented by the letter Vav it's a conjunction it's a connection between the inner and the outer world the Orain in the Mishkan had Zahav gold from within and from without and the reason one of the symbolisms being that the Orain which contains the Torah is represented represents the Talmud Chochem and any Talmud Chochem whose inside is not the same as his outside is not a Talmud Chochem so that, that, that's a description of what MS is MS is creating a connectivity between insides and outsides um, just to sorry they just uh, hired a fleet of trucks to stop the connectivity that's happening inside of me at this point in time so that's true that MS is this connection between the Pnim and the Chutz the internal and the external so it becomes extremely problematic in the scenarios that we saw which ironically are talking about Talmudei Chachamim in the case of Bav Metziah that they actually have to instead of allowing the Loshain to be Megale the Loshan becomes a concealer. You say to the person, Do you know this Mesechta well? And he does, which is the Olam Apnimi, and he says, No, I don't. So he actually does the opposite of MS. So that's fascinating, and that seems to be, according to Rashi, he uses the Loshan of Tivo. He says, Yoimar, love. You should say love, meaning it's a mitzvah. You should do that. It's not that you can do that. It's not a heter. 
it's a, it's a requirement. So we have to understand what is this? What is this? Why? Why? And and of course, the final example of loyla medaita, which is even by Shammai agrees, loyla medaita shel adam mu'revis imabrios, that a person's das should be or should be connected to the people around him. And Rashi says, everyone according to his rotson. Don't speak about the reality. Speak about what people want and what they need. There's a story about Rabbi Shlomo Freinfeld, who once. Um, had a Jew working for him and he wanted to, to connect to him. And this Jew was particularly fascinated by a tribe of Native Americans. I've forgotten which tribe. So when he spoke to Shlomo Freifel the first time, he, has a, he had a long ponytail and, and he mentions interest in this tribe. The next time they spoke, Shlomo Freifel had spent enormous amounts of time reading up about the tribe so they could have a, a high-level discussion on the topic. That's called Odin Edaitis Odin Orifus Embryos. Is that something that Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld would really like to invest his time in? Possibly not. He'd probably get more intellectual and meaning from spending the time learning up a Ketsois. A Gemarim Bovetzir. A Gemarim Tumure. But there's this injunction that your da should be more of a bris, which means you have to speak to them from where they come from. Now that's not MS. That's not MS. That's, that's subjectivity. They, they in their own fantasy world have constructed an element of importance and attached it to a particular thing. So instead of you saying, what are you doing? Wasting your time doing that? Which would be MS. You say, wow, let's explore that. Now, it's funny because it actually comes to a... There's another related point and I think it helps us explore the sugya more in depth. It's a Gemara in Sanhedrin Davavim and Beis. Rebbelezer ben Oisher Rabbi Yosi Haglili Oimer. So Rebbelezer, the son of Rabbi Yosi Haglili, said, "Asur Livtsoya." He's talking about a Dayan in Beis Din, and he's discussing the notion of a compromise in Din. Now, there's two ways you can deal with two litigants coming before you. Uh, on the one hand, you can say to them, "Okay, each of you present your claims, and you can evaluate it." I mean, a, in your role as a, as, as a, as a Dayan, as a judge, you can pask in the din and say, you are chayav and you are zakai. You are liable and you are exempt. That's called din. There's something called bitsua, livtsoya, which means instead of you taking sides in the judgment, you say, listen guys, you've got grievances against one another. Well, what's your problem? Let's sit down outside of court and try to settle. Try to settle out of court. That's called livtsoya. So, in other words, you avoid going through the process of basting and you make what's called a pshara, a compromise. So, you say, listen, you tiny that you stole 10,000 dollar from me, I tiny was justified. Okay, you have a discussion and then you say, he's willing to pay you 5,000 dollar and he's willing to... And then you settle it. It's called a, uh, what's it called? Out of court settlement? Yeah. That, so, is it, is it a good thing to do that or not? Is it a good thing to do? In other words, should you avoid the din, or should you encourage the din? So comes along, the son of Rebbe Haglili, and he says, also live tzoya. So he says, it's also, you can't do that. If two people come to din, you have to be done them, or pia din. Or pia din. Not only that, as Rebbe the son of Rebbe Haglili, he also says, it's, it's not only that creating a compromise is not ideal, it's a sin. <coughs> not only that, but even the person who's a passive observer and sees the compromise taking place and praises them for doing so, he angers the creator, and he quotes a prosik in Tilm, which says, 
Beirach Yates Hashem, the one that praises the, those who do compromises, he angers Hashem. So what should you do? Elo Yikoiv Hadin Es Hahar. Now he uses a very strange metaphor. He says, rather, the din should penetrate the mountain. Quite an interesting analogy. There's a mountain, and a mountain creates an obstruction. So there's two pathways a person could take in order to traverse the mountain. The one way is he could start climbing up the hill and find the pathway for himself, go all the way up and around and then down again. Or else he can drill a hole straight through the middle and come out the other side and not deviate one millimeter from where he wanted to go. So the expression of applying the din under all circumstances is analogous to piercing the mountain and going directly through it. Which is interesting, because obviously what we're discussing now, in terms of using the mountain as an analogy, is we're discussing the human landscape. And the, the problem is, is, is compared to a mountain, and now you have to know how can I resolve this problem. So if you hold of din, so you say, we ignore the issues between you, and we seek to do what's absolute, and therefore even though you will have a tremendously difficult time dealing with it and you'll be extremely upset because you'll, you'll be found responsible, liable, it doesn't matter. We ignore the human component and we penetrate with din. As it says, because the din is to the Creator. So it's interesting how this is a raya. Maybe what the Rai is, and I'm a little bit reluctant to, to suggest this, um, it's almost as if since Hashem wants judgment, if you, if you, because Hashem wants judgment, by you avoiding having a judgment, you're actually deviating from the rots in Hashem, and therefore it would anger Hashem, and that's Rebeleza, the son of Rebeleza, Glili's standpoint. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu said, That's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu's Mahalach was. Moshe Rabbeinu said you have to ignore the emotional obstacles, mountains, and you have to penetrate, you have to go straight to the, to the core of what the din is and paskin accordingly, no compromising whatsoever. There can be no compromises. Gewaldik. So at this point in time, we become completely convinced that what we need to do is din. And a person that doesn't do din is held to be an absolute poshaya, a choyte, he's a choyte. He's a ma'achbarashe. And if we stop the Gemara there, we'd all become convinced that the mahalach, the mahalach in life is yikoiv hadines ahar. When you've got all these problems and issues, someone comes to you and says, listen buddy, problems are him, problems are here. Do it. There's no room for compromise. Do it. Do it. And we'd walk away from this and we'd be engaged in Midas Adin, in Midas Ames. Avol Aroin. Avol. But there's a big bat over here. So this is fascinating. Avol Aroin. Avol Aroin. Oi Hev Shalom. Veroi Dev Shalom. Umeisim Shalom ben Adam Nechaveru. But Aaron said, no, no, no. Ah, 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 ah. 
not only are you not a choyte, it's preferable not to apply the din. Not only is it not asurliv tsoya, it's oyev shalom v'roidev shalom u'meisim shalom ben adam lechaveresh nema toyas emes hayasa befihu v'avla loinim tsoa v'svasav v'shalom u'vemishar halach iti v'rabim heishiv me'avoyin So it comes to us as a machloik is Aaron and Moshe of how to deal with things. Moshe Rabbeinu was midas hadin gomur, midas ha-emes, no compromise. People come to you, you don't start trying to work out their relationship issues and how they feel about one another and create a good energy between them. You look at their claims and you judge accordingly. If this guy's chayev, he has to pay the full amount, no compromise and no mercy. If he's not chayev, he's exemplary gamre. Comes on iron, he says, one second, why fine? Why fight? Let's sit down, let's have a chat, I'll mediate between you. Maybe we can come to some type of peaceful solution that we won't have to go to Din. Din is cruel, Din is, din is, din is absolute, Din cuts. Let's avoid that. Oyev Shalom. I love peace. Roydev Shalom. So now you see a fascinating insight that MS and Shalom are contradictory. You can't, if you speak the truth, so the truth doesn't fit with Shalom. Truth does not fit with Shalom. In fact, it's a Gemara in Yavamas. The Gemara in Yavamas, it's a famous Gemara. Of all the Gemaras which discuss not saying the truth, this is the most famous. The Gemara in Yavamas on Daf Samachay, Ahmed Beis, says the following thing. The first man, the Omar, says, Mutar Lashanis Mufnea Shalem, it's permitted. And he brings the case of Yosef HaTzadik and his brothers. After Yaakov Avinu passed away, the brothers of Yosef come to him and they said, and, your fa- and our father said to us, please forgive to Yosef. They, they, my father, our father begged you, Yosef, to forgive us. Completely fabricated. Yaakov Avinu never said a word of that. But the brothers felt that Yo- Yosef wouldn't perhaps hurt them once Yaakov had passed away. So they came to him and they fabricated something that Yaakov Avinu commanded him not to do so. It was just not true. So from the fact that the brothers did it, you see that it's permitted. Comes along the next man to Omar and says, not only is it mutter, it's a mitzvah. And it quotes the case of Shaul and David. Shmuel Ha-Navi wants to anoint David as king. He's quite clear that Shaul will not be happy with this. So he asked Baruch Hu, how can you go anoint David Amelech as king? Because Shaul may kill him, may be aggressive. So the Rebbein Shaolam commands Shmuel to lie to Shaul, and when he goes to anoint David, he should say, I'm coming to offer up an offering. I'm not coming to anoint David. I mean, it doesn't say I'm not coming to anoint David, but when Shaul asks him and he says, what are you doing? I've come to be Zoveach Zevach. So if it's the Rebbein Shalom commanding him to do it, so you see, it's a mitzvah to be Mishanim Mipna Shalom, to not cause waves and lie. And then the Gemara goes on and quotes the classic example of Sora and Avram Avinu, and there's a machlokis in the Rishonim on, on the Chumash, how to read the the <coughs> pasuk where Sarimenu says, "Achrei b'loisi hayasoli edna va'adoni zakein." 
So simply reading the Pasuk, it would sound as if the Pasuk is saying, after I have been shriveled up, will I have um, youthfulness and my master is old? Meaning, I'm old and Avram Avinu is old and therefore how can we have a child once they were given the Gutta Basura that they would have a child born to them? But that, that, that makes no sense because that means she incriminated herself as well as Avram Avinu. And when Hashem reports it to Avram Avinu, he says, and Sarah said, Va'anizo kanti. And I am old. So it, the Gemara is bringing a proof that Hashem Kivyochel lied. But if Sarah was saying that she's old and Avram Vinu was also old, and then Hashem says, and your wife said she was old, and just leaves out one point, so it doesn't seem like a shino, it just seems like a deletion of deleting information. So I think it's the Ramban that learns, after I've shriveled up, I've already seen my youthfulness come back because she saw that's what happened to her sorry Mainu when the Malachim came she already saw that she was able to give birth again but Vadoin is okay but I'm okay but Avram Avin is old so then Akash Baruch comes and says the exact opposite because Sarah was saying I'm okay but Avram Avin is old and when Yubayin Shalom reports it he says and Sarah said she's old which was completely not right so you see even the Yubayin Shalom is Mashanim Ibn Shalom so you see that Shalom and Emes are contradictory. If you have Shalom, you don't have Emes. You have Emes, so then often you won't have Shalom. Uh, Tom. Well, it's quite strange. I mean, he said to Hashem, what do you mean? It's quite an important lesson. You're asking, David, Shmuel and Navi says, you've told me to go and anoint David, um, and uh, I can't do that because Shaul will kill me. So why does Rebbein Shalom reply to him and say, um, Shmuel, you're in the middle of a Nevoah, hey, remember, I'm all-powerful God, um, you'll be okay, correct? And God doesn't say that back to him. He says, oh, good point. I've got an, I- I've got an idea. Say that you're just going to offer Corbin. So here's the Godim Muna. Shmuel or God? the way he that's your interpretation. That's your interpretation. The pa- no, maybe it's maybe so maybe it's not your interpretation. It's an interpretation. But let's deal with a simple understanding. Pashat is that there's a rational requirement for a person to obey the laws of nature. That's the way she wanted it. A person has got all the faith in the world and jumps off a building because he believes that Hashem will save him is a fool who's disobeying the will of God and you will land as a smattering on the floor. So Shaul HaMelech posed a real threat. So for, for Shmuel to say, don't worry I've got Imuna, is like walking into a road with oncoming traffic and say, don't worry I won't be hit. That's not called Imuna. That's called Hoylelus. God wants you to obey the laws of nature. That's why he made them. And the person who denies the Lord of nature is a bigger kofer than the one who denies miracles. Did he say that? He was hiding from the Romans. Why was he hiding from the Romans? Why didn't he parade on the street and say, Hi guys, here I am. God can save me. What did he do? He ran away and hid. Why? Was he scared? Yes. Why? Because they'd kill him. New point. New point. So now how is he going to survive? A miracle occurred. But did he go there for the... Did he rely on them? No, the miracle happened. Otherwise, he'd have to go look for food. Besides, he'd go look for food. So, 
Tal. You always have to obey the laws of nature if you're God-fearing Jew. Separate point, not related to what we say. Good, but nice point to bring out anyway. There are people that think, no, now I'm from, the laws of nature have been suspended. Then you're an Apicorius, because who made the laws of nature? God. So when you say the laws of nature have been suspended, that means, so who do you think made the laws of nature? Oh, someone else. Aha, Zora. Shalom, shalom. Koifer Ha Try to read you from, land up being Avodah Zora. Scary that. That's why Rabbi Yucham says, the person that denies Teva is a much bigger Koifer than the person that denies miracles. It's much, it's much, it's a much deeper destruction of Imuna when you say that Teva's not the will of God, than we say miracles aren't the will of God. Because when you say miracles aren't the will of God, so you're saying ah, supernature is not God. When you say Teva's not the will of God, you're saying supernature is God, and nature is something else. So that's Kfir Gemura. So you have to obey the laws of nature, just like the Shulchan Aruch that tells you that you have to put on filling to the Shulchan Aruch. It's called nature that says to you, don't jump off very high buildings. Don't think that if you never step outside of your door, the Parnassa will just come rushing into your house. It's called cause and effect. Cause and effect. You have to obey it. If you don't obey it, so then you're not because you're not a tzaddik. Amazing. A person makes one wrong step in Judaism and he lands up in the pit of idolatry between the two idols of Moinach. <laughs> so that's not good. Good. Back to Emes and Shekhar. So you see that Emes and Shalom are contradictory. In Taka we have a Machlokes. There's a Machlokes Moshe and Aaron. Should we use Din or should we use Shalom? It's a Machlokes. According to Reb Lezal, you should use Din and if you use Shalom, you consider the Choyte. And Aaron Akoyen, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu held. And Aaron Akoyen was Choylek. Who do we Paskin like? Paskin like Aaron. What's the Raya? Hillel says, Oyev Shalom, Raydev Shalom, Oyev Zabriyas, Mukhav, and the Torah. So we see that Psak Halocha, we Paskin like Beis Hillel, and Hillel Paskins like Aaron. So we Paskin like Aaron, a Koyen. That means Shalom and not MS. So I'd just like to maybe, just to get a, a bit of a, a deeper understanding, share with you something about why Moshe Rabbeinu Taka was Emes and what's it all about um, and it's a little bit Nogea for building up to Shavuos Matan Torah and uh, a lot of what I'm trying to share is something which I hope I've understood from Moshe Shapira if I'm not misunderstanding it there were two Torahs given, two Luchais given, two Luchais, two tablets, the Luchais Arishainais and the Luchais Ashniais, the first and the second tablets. The first tablets were given to Moshe Rabbeinu. They were written by the hand of Hashem. They came from Shomayim. They were given to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu took them down from the mountain, saw the people engaged in the sin of the golden calf, Throw th- threw them to the ground and they were shattered. Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Yud Ches Tammuz, stayed there for Rosh Chodesh Elul, appeased the Rebbein Sha'olam, went up again to the mountain for another 40 days and 40 nights at Rosh Chodesh Elul, and came down on Yom Kippur with a new set of Luchais, and those he then gave to all of Klal Yisrael. So it comes out that there were two sets of tablets, 
and there were two Kivyachal Kabbalah Satayas. The one was a Kabbalah Satayah to a Yachid, and the one was a Kabbalah Satayah to a Rabbin. Moshe Rabbeinu was the only person in Klai Yisrael that received the Luchos Arishonis. No one else did because they were shattered. But Moshe Rabbeinu received them. Everyone else received the Luchos Ashniyas. What was the difference between them? The Luchos Ashniyas were written by man. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote them, and they were written on material that he had to bring up to the Rebbeinu Shalom in order to write it upon, to be written upon. The Luchos Arishonis came directly from Minashomayim. What does that mean? <coughs> What that means is Moshe Rabbeinu was living on a madrega that he didn't have to take into consideration the frailties of humanity. Moshe Rabbeinu was a, a giant. As the Gemara says, Hashchina medaberes mitoch kroinu shel Moshe. It's Kivyochel, the Shechina spoke through Moshe Rabbeinu's throat. He was, uh, his top half was Malach. Moshe Rabbeinu was in a different world. Moshe Rabbeinu could receive the first Luchais because the first Luchais were Minah Shemaim and he could live in that place. But he could be the only one that would receive those Luchais. Those Luchais is where the MS and the Din are not compromised. We as Klal Yisrael can't do that. We need to incorporate our human frailties into our observance of the Torah and therefore the Luchai Sashniyas don't come from Shemaim, they come from the Oretz. They're brought up there, they're written and they are guided from the Shemaim but they're integrated into the Oretz. That's a Mahalach more of Shalom than of Din. It means you take into consideration that we don't function according to rules the way we should. If you take us to task, so we won't necessarily live up to it. So the etzem, MS, is a mockum which is not shaykh for us. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu says, Yikoiv, Yikoiv hadin esahar. You've got a problem, you've got issues. Let's just take a drill and go straight through them. Because uh, we don't care about your human frailties, get over them. It's a distortion of the MS. The MS is one. And by your own mythos coming to the fore, you're distorting what is true and what is right because of your own subjective problems. But Aaron came said, No, we can't live that way. And we pass it like Aaron. Meaning, we pass it like you don't go for MS. If you want to have a mahalach with people, don't try to preach to them. You can't deal with emes. You can only deal with shalom. And shalom and emes are contradictory. Shalom causes you to cast a blind eye to what is, and you engage in the person from whence he comes. Um, this needs a lot more elaboration, because the maestro said, where is there a place for emes? It seems to be that emes no longer has any place. There's no such thing as MS in this world. Do we have to avoid MS? It seems to be that there's an injunction to do so. So we'll have to try to explore this even further. It gets more geschmack as time goes on.